Good Wednesday morning, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and this is Real Talk. Thank you kindly for joining us. We are live in downtown Charlottesville, but our audience is anyone who utilizes social media in any capacity. This show on all platforms, it's interactive and dynamic. So if you want to shape the discussion, the conversation, ask questions of experts, this is the program for you. We go an hour plus without stopping. Long-form content that cannot be taken out of context. And the questions and comments are already coming in. Judah Wickhauer, the director, studio camera, and a three-shot. Scott Morse, we love. We see him on Wednesdays. He's looking sharp. Good morning. Good morning. The talented, the beautiful, the professional Maggie Gunnels. Hello. In the house as well. Um, maybe we go ladies first. And yeah, then throw it absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Um, we'll ask this question of both you guys. How is the market doing? And before I get into this, ladies and gentlemen, Maggie Gunnels and the Gunnels Group are doing deals, and they're doing deals left and right in this tight inventory market. So from your standpoint, and I don't want to speak for you, it looks like the market's going pretty damn good. Well, yes, we we are definitely very strong right now. Our team is doing exceedingly well. Um, we're really lucky. I, knock on wood, I you know, you never know in real estate. I feel like I say that every month, though. <laughs> True. Um, but we, we're doing really well. The market's strong. There's just not a lot of business to go around. So it's tight inventory, tight qualified buyers, um, just not a lot of business for everybody. So, but luckily we've been, we've been, our, my team's been staying very strong. Why do you think that is? I I know it's because we, prior to this market, we already had a strong, thriving business, and we already had a recognizable brand. We already had loyal customer or clients. Um, We've already, we've already had a portion, we already own a portion of the market um, in terms of, um, oh, I guess I shouldn't use the word own. (laughs) I think you do. I mean, you've been doing it for a while. um, We are lucky enough to serve such a huge portion of the market prior to this moment. So, you know, driving in this morning, I was thinking about the market. This is not, um, this is not a, um, this is not the Great Recession. Um, the market is very, very different than then. But I do think that agents' pocketbooks are going to feel similar to how they felt during that time frame. Or si- maybe not as Stretched. terrible, but yeah. I really do. I, it's amazing what agents have been telling me, what they, how, how they are doing this year, which I think generally is tough. Scott Morris, jump in here on that. I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot to be said about that, and part of that has to do with um, the comment on already being established and how that's going to uh, affect success going forward. It's certainly difficult for someone just walking in right now compared to what the last three years were like. You couldn't just post a, an image of yourself on Facebook and somebody go, I want that person to sell my house. I need that person to represent me buying a house. Um, having an established brand is super important. And on top of that, a big part of that going forward, and this is a bell that I cannot stop ringing, a huge portion of our future buyer pool is going to be people who already own homes because though it's more and more difficult to get that first-time buyer qualified at a higher rate and a higher demand with such lower inventory. So those people selling who are making that move up and that transition as rates fall, as we go from the in, the, the position that we're in now 
to a future rate environment of, say, 5.5% going into next year, those buyers who already own homes are going to be the people who are going to, it's going to make the most sense for to convert. And meaning if they're at a 3.5% interest rate now, going to a 5.5%, but they purchased their house at $280,000 and the house is now worth $350,000, taking that equity and then converting it into the next transaction is going to be key and it is a bell I cannot stop ringing. I completely agree with that. Let's cut that into a sizzle reel. He's talking about deploying the equity as rates drop and get closer to that rate we secured during COVID. A lot of us got either refis or, or, or home purchases between 2 and 4%. And he's predicting, and this dude's crystal ball is pretty damn good, that rates you said in the mid fives, Q1, Q2 of next year. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Okay, how does that impact the market, Maggie Gunnels? I think it's going to help it significantly. Um, it's really difficult for the average person to afford a mortgage payment right now or rent. Sure. That's, I mean, just anything across the board. Everything monthly is super expensive, which is all the more reason to buy a house and invest in a house because you're investing in a, a secure, um, how, secure housing for yourself. You're shoring up your housing for, for as long as you want to own the property. Um, so rent can go up, but buying a house, you... You are secure. It's a piggy bank. Yeah, it, it, it is a bank account. That's the only, I never like, I never want people to sell their real estate, just like hold on to it. So it, it aches me knowing when people have to let go of low interest rates, like as you were talking, but like obviously has to happen. Also, not um, everybody for, is the personality to be a landlord. There are some people, sell your real estate. Yeah. If you can't walk, if you can't sleep at night wondering Call about what's happening, that. <laughs> that's true. Fine. Get somebody to manage the property for right. you. That's a solution as well. Well, and, well, I totally agree with you. It's not for everybody. It's something to, to, to consider all the pros and cons with, with rental management. Um, however, I, I always tell people, any job, anything that's going to produce income typically has a little bit of pains associated with it. Like nothing comes for free, right? Um, and so, you know, think about what it, what it, what is the trade-off? How often are you really going to hear from that tenant? If you really do do good due diligence on your tenants, if you really put in that effort up front, are you really going to have those nightmare situations? Maybe there's a, there's a chance for that. But if you put the right situations in place, hopefully you're hedging in the right direction that you're not going to have, you know, a terrible tenant. It's, but absolutely to, to Scott's point, like not everybody wants to own real estate, but it is kind of like selling, you know, a stock early. <laughs> like, I mean, or whatever it is. I mean, just hold them forever. They're going to continue. They typically almost always continue to produce for you in the long haul. What, what's the role the investors playing in this market, Scott and Maggie, as, as far as um, maybe throttling or pinching inventory? Is that a factor right now? Or is what's purely throttling? At the or, moment right now? Yeah. Or is what purely I'll, is throttling inventory let, the rates? I'll let Maggie... Uh, Go on that one. Take that one. Okay. Investors, they don't, I wouldn't say they're like, they own the market, but they definitely are, um, they're definitely a, a part of the market. So um, probably I would say right now we're representing maybe like 20%, 15%, something like that. Of your book of business is investor? Right now. Yeah. Wow. I think it's, it, it, I think that's, that's a good chunk. May, maybe it's maybe less, maybe 15. Okay. Um, but that's kind of typical. Um, so investors that are buying right now, we have somebody that's buying a house that's been hoarded in. 
Um, but they're going to put in, um, think, think about bank account. This, this house is like a bank account. They're going to put in their, uh, about $70,000. They'll leverage, I think, 70% debt on the property. Um, but that, and they're paying 200. The house is probably going to be worth close to 400. And then either you could rent it out and make $1,000 a month or Sell take it. out and take your 100. But would you just keep the 100 in the keep, house? I'd keep the house. I'd keep the house. If you have cash set aside, would you just keep the house, keep that little bank account going? I would do that. Kevin uh, Giesman is giving you some props right now. Um, a handful of firms watching the program, which I will identify. Um, Scott Morris, we got. Uh, we got uh, a Jerome Powell and, and what you call them, the Fed, uh, the, t- the talking heads from the Fed last week. You had a clever uh, nickname for these guys that were going into the silent period. Anyway, long story short, we may not be hearing so much from these guys for the rest of the year. At least that's the anticipation from a rate hike standpoint. Maybe the market calms down. Maybe those rates drop a little bit. Maybe we start seeing some energy Q3, Q4 of this year going into next year. Anywhere you want to go on any of that. We're just creeping back towards the 100-day moving average, meaning that rates are starting to fall a little bit to get back to where they were. We had a spike um, coming out when they made the decision that when they announced that we were going to see two more rate increases. I really think we're in for one and one and only, and that's coming this month. Um, Outside of that, we're also starting to see a little – we're starting to see the spread and the two-year, 10-year grow again, which is, you know, uh, in in history has been a a signal for a recession uh, that everybody's been calling for the last 12 months, and we have yet to really uh, fall into. Job losses generally come at the end of the hiking cycle. I believe that we're there. I believe fourth quarter this year, first quarter next year, we're going to start to see serious rate improvement. Um, and then how that falls with investors, I think I've seen a, a shrinking pool of investors because things just don't cash flow as well at 7% as they do at 5 But the problem is, and, the, and what I'm going back to on people who own real estate now are going to be your future buyers, as rates fall and things begin to cash flow better for investors, they're going to be a, a bigger piece of that lower end puzzle that competes with the first time home buyer. So as that happens, the people who are selling a house now who have the equi- who can take advantage of that equitable position to move into the away from the, whatever the rate is now into the future rate and the future house that's going to be a big pool and there's going to be a lot of uh, turnover in, in that aspect and that's where we're going to see real estate really take off in the first part of next year I like it I like it second sizzle rate real right there for Scotty Moe this question's come in from Jonathan for Maggie specifically we know you specialize in the lake Maggie Gunnels can you give us a snapshot with how Lake Monticello is doing and he said we've had investment property at the lake previously we regret selling it we never thought we would see the entry <laughs> price point in the threes at the lake uh, well, hi, Jonathan. Yes, absolutely. Entry points at the lake. My mom, she is like, she's old school, knows Lake Monticello through and through. And to talk to her about where those three bed, two bath little ranchers are trading at right now just blows her mind. We never thought coming out of the Great Recession that you'd ever see. I mean, why and why? That's such a silly thing. Of course, we would have seen this happen, um, like the increase in pricing. Um, but to see those little three beds, two baths trading in the mid twos consistently, even when they're not that great, is like, is mind blowing. 
um, because they were going 80,000, 70,000, 50. Somebody told me they bought one at like 30 at some point. Um, so to, to see that pricing relatively not that long ago, this wasn't 50 years ago, um, this was a decade ago, um, and to see it increase to where we're typically seeing that mid-two zones for those little ranchers, I mean, is, is crazy. 300 is entry level. That's, it, it is. So it's, it is amazing to see that such a huge jump. Both Maggie, uh, well, you did, you did not grow up in Fluvanna. You grew up in Fluvanna, right? You're from Northern Virginia Northern and you Virginia. moved down here yes. and you've been in real estate for most of your life, um, yes. watching your parents mm-hmm. do real estate. So the follow-up question here is then where's the first time home buyer neighborhood? Yeah. It's still the lake. It's still the lake. It's still the lake. It's, it's, it's Lake Monticello. It's Buckingham. It's Scottsville. It's mineral. It's certain rural parts of Louisa and in Fluvanna County. It's, um, western sections of Goochland. It's going to be maybe certain sections of Madison. Um, it just it just depends. I mean, there is um, the, the the house, the hoarded house that's being sold. Which, to your point, like most people, so many, if that, it was never actually brought to market. So there would have been such a flood of buyers, but nobody would have been able to compete with the investors on that property. Um, but the um, like the you're just yeah, I don't. 17 listings, Scott, at the lake right now, including the fabulous 39 Bowling Circle, uh, listed at 669-900. I would encourage you guys to buy that one immediately. That's an awesome lot. Uh, Scott, awesome lot. I mean, you're looking waterfront, right? Yeah, it's in its main lake. It's beautiful. It's flat. It almost, I know this is a bit of a stretch, but it almost feels like you're like on the ocean. <laughs> wow. Okay. I like that. Under 20 listings active right now. Scotty Moe, Lake Monticello, unpack that for us. Hey, and that's, that's, that's double what we were three months ago when that's we were true. talking about eight or nine. That's true. Uh, you know. that's, but great recession times, it was hundred plus. Well, and nobody, and, and 200, the, dif- it yeah, at one point? the difference being that then you couldn't get anyone to buy a house. Right. Um, nice. They'd been, they'd been scared out of the system. Um, all mortgages were bad. We'd created a bad environment. Um, the there were so many people upside down, and the, a limbing effect was created. And what I mean by that is, you had people walking away from mortgages that didn't have to um, because their friend did it, and they were told that this this is a good idea. Um, and we are we're not in that or anywhere near that environment. Um, what we're there is no wave of foreclosures. Now, what you will see, you'll see some people who, who sell because uh, with student loans coming back into play and a number of COVID-related um, debt extensions that are now back being, lifted. The con- being lifted and yeah. back, back on the consumer burden – uh, discretionary spending will slow, and there'll be people that are forced to make some decisions. But there's not a wave of inventory to come along with it, and it certainly isn't couldn't be absorbed by the number of buyers that we have already in the pool. That's that's the biggest take for me is that that's just not there. I like it. That's the third one right there, J Dubs. You were eager to respond to that. Anywhere you want to go on that. Well, and we just don't have any new construction, yeah. and so, and we're not going to get any new construction for the foreseeable future. Which, and we didn't have new construction happen relative to what we've needed for the last decade. So, when you take all of that into consideration with low new construction, it's it's a prime 
situation for a strong real estate market? Um, equity, we need to highlight this. I was reading, um, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal um, a few days ago, and it's both our pros here, our insiders have already highlighted this. The changing dynamics of this market versus the time of great unpleasantness, as Keith and Neil like to call it, <laughs> it's the equity. I mean, people are sitting on stacks of equity right now. Why would you sell that yourself yeah. then? When, so, it's, when it's statistically, when be, you look at history... If we're is talking both, statistics, history, and why would you do it? Because Americans like to spend that money. Yes, and right. that it's, credit like, card give debt me goes... Give right now. No. They yeah, they love, you know, they, because the, the only other option is for them to tap it with home equity lines of credit to, to, to manage some of the debt. But in order to make the move up... Because most people are in a fixed income situation and can't commission their way to, like, it, it's just not there. So in order for them to make the move up, the growth in equity is what allows them to make that transition. He's talking fixed income. We're on set salaries, get the set um, amount of money every two weeks in our paycheck. A lot of folks live like this. Majority, large majority of folks. Even, at, it, even high income. Like So when you look at some of the... Uh, uh, some of my clients in the alphabet soup, they, these people are, you know, making... He's talking defense sector. Mid, yeah. you know, into the six figures on a salary. Um, but then when you go police, fire, nurses, same thing. But it, they're, they're restricted to what they can have. And then in the way this system is built, they accrue debt that they then all of a sudden either don't want to deal with or can't deal with effectively. So using that equity is their only way out. Yeah. Maggie, jump in here. And I and I also, to I, I do think when you were saying earlier, I think just most people, it goes back to the point that most people do not want to be landlords. And they, they get so scared. So I think it's more, even more, to the, more so, it's the fact that people just don't want to take on that risk. Because there is risk associated with it. But it's just something, like with anything, there's always risk. So you got to have to look at the situation and then make the best decision for yourself. Um, but I think most people err on that side of less risk. Um, so I think people that are more risk, you know, verse and real want to do that in real estate, they will. And I think they typically do well with that long term. This question's come in. Um, how far is she traveling, Maggie, and the team um, for deals? Have they extended their geographical territory? That's a good question. Yes. Absolutely. We've been, we just um, ratified a deal for a buyer in Madison County and they looked Goochland, east of, uh, west of Richmond, uh, Lynchburg, Nelson County, Stanton. That's a big footprint. Lou yeah. Ray. We went right. to Lou Ray. Man. Charlotte's You're driving this? Mineral. You're doing this? No, no, your I, team? No, I did some yeah. with them, and okay. this is why we have a team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we all, we all are able to support our clients better. And so these people, because their budget was mid-fours, was extraordinarily competitive. Right. To have something to find acreage in the mid-fours with a ranch and a garage and like a farmette situation. That's and you made that hard. happen. In Madison. Wow. Good for you. You know that yes. market well. You know north of town well. Give us some insight. Madison's limited in the number of listings that you see. So uh -huh. that's um, – but then you've got other, you know, challenges as far as uh, internet and, you know, what some – you know, what, what makes it TikTok. Um, and I really like uh, 
Powhatan and that the surround the surrounding Richmond area. Like if you're somebody who is looking for like the 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 deal or a better deal and you've got some kind of flexibility and work from home or job or any of these things. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Richmond market. There's just so many more rooftops. Um, it's still competitive. Um, but you find more, I think you get more bang for your buck, um, in that area. Um, I mean, Charlottesville's tough, dude. Definitely. In Richmond, there are certain rural areas that are way more affordable. Lynchburg's also pretty affordable. Uh-huh. Um, I think Lynchburg's a great opportunity. Lynchburg's awesome. It, it, yeah. it, I definitely think it's awesome for, um, in terms of, I mean, Liberty is flush. So, you know, they've def- they're definitely investing in that community. And so I think that's a good, and, and you have reasonable pricing in, in Lynchburg. Um you know, compared to Charlottesville. So. One of Charlottesville's most known um, developers and real estate investors, Oliver Kutner, is putting a lot of money on the street in downtown Lynchburg. I love Oliver Kutner. Yeah. I love the fact that, like, you can be riding around and, like, you see this dude in this, like, untucked, dirty T-shirt. He's, mass- he's massive. Yeah, coming in and out of, like, one of his buildings. Like, he is somebody who put who just has never disconnected from, like, a very human level. If you've ever talked to him, gotten to know him, he's a fantastic human being. Yeah, absolutely. He is um, one of the most approachable, um, I don't know, say three, four, five hundred millionaires that you will ever meet. And he's 100% right about that. Just an average guy. And I think that's the case for a lot of the 1% wealth in this market. Very unassuming. Um, and I think that's probably why they choose to live in this market. This question's come in the feed, and it's a good one. Kelsey, appreciate your question. Then we'll go to Grayson. This is for Scott specifically. Uh, Scott, I was reading that the home refinance market is now getting tighter as credit is getting tighter. Is that the case for your business? Um, can you offer any glimpse or insight into this? So not doing a ton of refinances in a uh, rate-increasing environment, but there are some out there. We're doing some for uh, some credit consolidation um, or people who are actually looking to take the cash and then invest in another property, uh, specifically using in some DSCR product, uh, meaning uh, debt service recovery, where they're going to uh, they're going to they're going to put enough down where our rent schedule supports the purchase of the next property. I've got some investors who are out doing that. Um, what you're going to see, what will make it, and when I go back to this, the whole the 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 American debt problem, a lot of people won't reach out to refinance until they've already got themselves in trouble. And by trouble, I mean making late payments, missed payments, uh, that sort of thing. And when you when you talk about credit tightening in in a refinance market, it has more to do with people who are already starting to not qualify based on action for credit tightening. I think. You're not going to see. Uh, I haven't seen a huge change in uh, DULP normal findings when it comes to what tiers of debt to income we're getting approved eligible findings at. Meaning, the, I haven't seen credit tightening become a problem with our investors or from a Fed level yet. I think what I am seeing has more to do with 
uh, borrowers who are getting behind the eight ball and then reaching out too late. Yeah, little too, too little too late. Um, and looking for the lifeline, but it's too far into the game, too deep into the bottom of the ninth inning. Stephanie Wells-Rhodes gives Maggie Gunnels some props. She Aww. says we love um, working with the Gunnels group. Thank you. Um, and so she kind. says formerly interstate, now American Pest, mm-hmm. and has given you props. Scotty Moe's getting props from Bradley Meredith. He says, do your thing, brother. Glad you're up that ladder. Uh, I'm giving you some props right now as the show is watching. This question for Maggie in particular, does um, your guest think that inventory is going to uptick at the end of this year? And are we back to a seasonal cycle with real estate? That's a good one. Thank you, Grayson. Um, uh, Fall, yes. Inventory does go up a little bit in the fall. um, But um, fall is probably one of the best times to sell your house, by the way. Um, Why is that? Because we have... People that are shopping in the fall are super serious buyers, Um, and so we don't have a lot of just lookers in the market, Uh and they have to move because of job or some life event that's forcing that time frame. Uh Um, And then we um, and we just don't have a lot of inventory, so people typically think of uh, a good real estate market in the spring. And so fall is fall is great. A lot of strong buyers, serious buyers, not a lot of inventory. I that's. That's when you see a lot of the leftover inventory finally go pending. It's like the end of September. End of September. People are back from summer. Uh, more serious shoppers. Folks perhaps not kicking the tires as much as you would see in the spring market. Yeah. Um, do you see the inventory uptick in Scott? And, and also, how's your deal flow? Like, he's a good indicator of people coming in for the pre-qualifications? We've had a rise in applications over okay. the last few weeks. Um, That's great. Yeah. The, I think that rates are going to drive inventory for the next six months. And I, what I mean by that is if we see rates fall, you will see more people willing to list to see what the next step is. Um, that is... Uh, that's what I see happening. But along with that, um, and I, you know, I've got, and so this isn't just a problem at three hundred to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like I've got clients who are who get it, who are in ten plus multiple offer situations at a million dollars, and not win, and having the conversation of, and they know, they know. When I say, look, this is this is good, you know. We're starting to see rates trend down a little bit, but at the same time, that's going to put more people in your pool. So, a perfect example of what he's talking about is the Glenmore market. You talk about the Glenmore neighborhood, it's 850 homes. There's not a single active listing in Glenmore right now. It's crazy. And five years ago, there was 100. It's crazy. They were, and the days on market in Glenmore were like a year in change right. in an 850-unit neighborhood. And the paper houses... These are the last, I think the last two developable lots in this neighborhood, so not the choice lots. I, I guess I shouldn't say choice lots. I'll just leave it at the last lots to be developed in an 850-lot neighborhood and then let people infer. The paper houses that are on the market right now are 1489 and 1389, and that's new construction. So once this new construction is done... The existing construction that's going to come on is going to move even quicker, and the days on market for these units is single digits, and this is a million plus. This is exactly some what you're talking renovations, about. Some of the hardscape renovations I've seen in that neighborhood over the last year are bonkers. 
they're bonkers. And it's, I think it's a reflection of the tight inventory and that people are just choosing to stay in their house and maybe tap the equity but and then, improve but it. Also, but where do you go? There's not another Glenmore. And I've made the joke that everybody in Glenmore wants to move to Farmington. But, you know, they're not That's moving. a big delta. It is. That's a, that's it a, that's is. a large it's delta. It's also a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right, right. Joke. I've actually heard that from some of the neighbors that, that you made that comment. Just a heads up, by the way. Okay. Um, it's all love. All yeah, love. It's a, that's a large delta. Right. Your thoughts on this? Because you know this market well. Anywhere you want to go on this market. Glenmore and, and this price point. I mean, the entry price point now, I think, is like 1-1 one, one here. Yeah. No, I think it just goes back. I think it everything applies everything we're talking about applies to the entire market. There's just no inventory. Right. Um, and it, all price points tend to be extremely competitive, even a million dollar price point. Um, and so, because again, there's no inventory. So when, and we're not going to get inventory. So it's, is a, here's a tough question for both of you guys. And I think this is crazy to even ask, but I think the bar or the goal line has moved. Is a million dollars even luxury anymore in this market? <laughs> um, Long and Foster does not think it is. That's okay. So let's unpack that. I, I don't think the million price point is even luxury considered luxury anymore, and that yeah. used to be the threshold. It's I, certainly jumbo. It's not far off. Okay. I'm pretty. I, I have, would have to double, triple check this, but I thought it was around one five somewhere in somewhere in there. Okay. Well, I mean that's a pretty um, big delta. One to one five. Yeah. Okay. It is. I okay. agree. So you're saying the one, you're seeing a lot of remodeling or updating that's going to have to happen at that price point. Yeah, I mean, if, again, if you want to. I yeah. still think there's a mental uh, hoop to jump through for people who walk into a million dollar price point that just doesn't feel like a million dollars. 100%. 100% <laughs> agree with that. But there's that's a boatload of inventory. Luxury. That's what I think you're right. I think right. you're right. And, and, I think that you're 100. percent Both you guys are right I, on this. I think that line um, really starts at like 850, um, depending on the area. And certainly, you get into pockets of Northern Virginia where 850 gets you a shitty townhouse. Right. And uh, well, a very nice, a very nice uh, 800. Not always, uh, but sometimes but, shitty. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's right. Yeah. Um, he's hedging right now. <laughs> that's right. For you know, just like my my farming to comment. All love. I heard it from two neighbors. Um, so, I, at that 850 mark is where you really start across the line when people walk in the door and and if the photos weren't good or if it doesn't show well, if it just that's where people start going like really like this is a lot of money to give you if this is what I'm walking into, and I think that's where uh, I start to see a little bit of stickiness when it comes to days on market when I see people offering like hey is there a deal here I'm like talk to your agent but look you know. You know, if it's a duck and quacks like a duck, you know. What do you think about that? I think he's on it. Um, I, it, which, which part? I mean, so jumbo, the jumbo threshold in Virginia is what, 725? 66, I think, off the top of the fly. 766? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's in the 700s. So it's a different loan product once you surpass this threshold, this jumbo threshold. And he said, and I'll throw it to Maggie, that once you hit that 850 clip, there's still this mindset that, this is eight hundred thousand is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Absolutely. And, and people think they walk in, they're like, I want this to be shiny and luxury. finished. Luxury. Okay. Unpack that. Twenty twenty three. There it is. There and it is. um and it's not always the case. Right. I mean it's again, we Charlottesville is um this is what my Eliza, she has she and I were chatting about this, how much Charlottesville has changed. And um 
there's a lot of money in this town. And so it's, and there's just not a lot of inventory. And I mean, it's what it's, people are going to pay. The people that have to move are going to end up buying those places because you're going to have to move. And so I don't think prices are going to. Speaking of the 850 number and the how and like just not ringing a bell, what's uh what's that road right there behind uh, Dirty Nelly's? Jesus Christ! Jefferson, Jefferson Park Avenue? Nah, nah, nah. Stribling nah. Avenue. Stribling. Okay. Uh, maybe Stribling. Yeah. Are uh, you talking about the Huntley neighborhood? Yeah, I don't know. Remember you? I think we talked about there was a couple properties that we had back there uh, at one point in time that were just like these these white. Uh, 1,200 square feet, oh, yeah. 950 that that were going for 850. Yeah, and that's. Wait, did they ever? Wait, were they? Did that? Did they ever close? Um, so we're, there's two different uh, sets of listings we're talking about here. One of them you're referencing, I think, and I know you fairly well, is Tim Grossman's listings. Yes. Tim Grossman did close and sell those. He's Remax's one of Remax's finest. He watches this show. He made a boatload of money on that. Um, and the other one I think you're referencing are Tim Carson's listings. Tim Carson is of Real Estate 3. Grossman had um, listings that were upzoning on the Scott Stadium side of Jefferson Park Avenue. And Carson had upzone potential listings on the um, Cherry Avenue side of Jefferson Park Avenue. I'm going to check on Tim's. I'm not sure if those have moved. But Tim's, uh, Tim Carson's, Tim Grossman's have definitely so closed. It, his was stribbling? Uh, Grossman's was off a of shamrock on JPA. Okay. All right, all right. Yeah, dude, yes, dude right. was like Scrooge McDuck with this deal, like spitting out gold coins. <laughs> and I see him around the, the around the board set, him playing tennis, and he's still to this day. And Tim, I am not speaking out of turn here, and you're welcome to come on the program anytime you want. I know oh. you're eager to. He still talks about this deal, and it's been a long time since the deal was That's done. Awesome. Yeah, I would too. I would too. Go I was ahead. Just oh, not. I was go- tangent tennis. Please. I okay. was a skeptic for a long time. Like, that is a terrible idea. Okay. It is so much fun. Oh, you're enjoying tennis. I love it. Are you playing with, uh, is it Joseph, the tennis player on your with team? With my mom. And okay. my, my mom is a diehard. And so I'll be playing this Saturday. I'm very excited. Fantastic. <laughs> I tennis. asked to play. Uh, you know what else is exploding at Lake Monticello is uh, the pickleball play at Lake Monticello on the tennis courts. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing photos from some uh, folks that live inside the lake. And it's all the courts. It is. My, my, don't talk to my mother about it. She doesn't like that. I know Joseph doesn't like it out there. Spearhead, she's the spearhead. She's, my mom is amazing. She spearheaded a thing. Well, I, I don't even know. I won't even chat about the tennis pickleball thing because I know nothing. But she raised money. Um, I'm going to be going on Thursday for, to Glenmore for I think it's 100 women in Charlottesville. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And my mom has won the money many, many, many times, and she's going to be trying again on Thursday for a charity she's won previously for. But she got the Dolly Parton Book Club, raised money through that charity for Fluvanna, and now the Dolly Parton Book Club is in Fluvanna, which is amazing. If you don't know anything about the charity, all children get a book, and it's a quality book every single month. I Love thought that. you were going to say mom, she had raised money to get the pickleballers off the tennis courts. I, that, that too, well, actually. There's a, there's a point of friction there between the tennis <laughs> players too. and the pickleball players. I, I can imagine. Like, serious beef with the tennis. Like, well, this is like fighting words. Because they were going to change, and people play tennis. There you it is. You don't have to change it to yeah. apparently play both sports. So there's a way to do it respectfully to all players. So... My mom, of course, spearheaded that as well, and um, and and she, I believe, K 
came, was able to negotiate a solution that everybody was very happy with. Your mom negotiated a win-win deal? Of Imagine course. that. Well Imagine done. That. Very, very well done. They have deal-making in their blood. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the MLS now in the city of Charlottesville here, Scott, and attached property you can find in the twos. There's a couple, including one on JPA, a one-bedroom, one-bath condo uh, for two nineteen. Uh, two units in the complex, I know well, the villas at 225 or 230. But then if you want detached, I mean, Mill Creek, which is right over the city I love line. Mill Creek. Mill Creek is amazing. Yes. It's right over the city line. I love all the trees. Three bedroom, two bath, 1,100 square feet. What do you think the ask is? <laughs> 425. Three high threes. Okay. So you were right there. Uh, Cynthia Viejo, Nest Realty has it. I mean, Mill Creek, high threes. For an 1,100 square foot home, that's entry. And, and that's the en- that's what I'm saying. That's the entry, and we're looking at land, po- point one, right? Point one and change. Okay. Right. So there is your entry right here if you want this market and you want a standalone home. Unpack that anywhere you want to go. Oh, it is detached. The, oh yeah, this Mill Creek okay. is detached. Yes. This is a standalone oh, that's right, home. The other, yeah. Right. If you want attached, you can still get in the twos in the condo market. The financing a little and bit different with condos. Fees, monthly fees associated with that, which is, you might as well consider a more expensive real estate. There it is. Uh, Mill Creek would still have HOAs, but much less than the monthly fees, the assessments at a condo complex. To Maggie's point, 365 for a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,100 square feet, Scott. Anywhere you want to go. I mean, it's kind of like what I've been – that is the belt. Like, again, I cannot stop saying this. It's going to be more and more difficult for the entry-level buyer due to the lack of inventory, and the majority of people who are going to create transactions are those that are moving from something they own to something that they want to own instead. Um, and have they accrued some debt rather than refinancing? Can they actually can they make a step up, clear debt off? There's a lot of different options going forward. But as we move into a falling rate environment, those are going to be your initial buyers until we get to the bottom of that rate environment. Once we get enough inventory back on the board, investors who've had a property look. There's a lot of people. The number when we talk, the number of people who came in talking about their uh, their super hot. Airbnb dreams um, that maybe bought something that isn't going the way they thought it was going to be, that's going to turn over. You're going to have people who thought they wanted to be landlords and they don't. You're going to have people who had a a bad tenant. That's going to come back. There's going to be a lot of opportunity and the more and more of that that comes loose along with people who are kind of trying to make transitions as rates continue to fall, this this living organism of of real estate inventory will continue to rebuild. Um, And it's going to get better for the first-time buyer, but it's going to take a while to get there. And the initial people who are going to start making inventory happen are people who are looking to make a move up and transition from one property to another. I love it. Maggie, jump in. I also want to throw, I mean, look at 10th and Page. And 10th and Page is walkability for Charlottesville anywhere, literally in the shadows of Dairy Market, 10th and Page. I'm looking at a listing, fantastic one from Angus Arrington of Real Estate 3, $425,000 asking price, four twenty five. dollars to be yeah. exact. It's a 30-plus-year-old home, three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath on point one four. Okay, yeah, that's right in the... When I said 425, that's what I was picturing. One photo on the MLS right. of the listing. 
just one fall. I mean, look, it, there's nothing more annoying to me than look. Maybe it's a strategy. I'm not trying to. I'm not. And yeah. look, I, I, my job is to like you know. I want to win. I want all. I want every realtor to like me. But dude, if you're listing a house and it that you've got one photo up, and I, you know, it's is it good for your? Is that the best thing for your client? Here, here's the photo. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think Absolutely. in this particular all case. Right. Okay. And this particular case, it may be in that um, you want to get Angus. you want to get people there. You want to get people. I, break I, down the strategy. Angus is a pro, and and sometimes absolutely that's the best situation for your client. Explain why. Because and it, it doesn't have to be leads. okay. Go ahead. And when it's a when it's I'm not I have not been in this property. Uh-huh. I do not know their strategy behind a yep. single picture. I yep. res- Angus love doing deals with him. Um, he is a pro, but I, for sometimes the strategy is because the house needs a ton of work. Doesn't show well inside. It doesn't show well. And you need to get people show, to show up. And you got to get people inside. Yeah. And so, and then they're going to be curious. Any just given the neighborhood, lack of inventory, walkability, uh-huh. all of that, they're going to be curious about tenth and page. And so you're going to get calls, which is what you want. You want to be able to garner interest. So absolutely, that is sometimes the winning strategy. I, I like to take um, Stripling Avenue. Folks are asking us to bring up Huntley, which is a relatively new neighborhood. This is the one behind. R.L. Buyer Bolt. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. R.L. Buyer. So fairly new construction in Huntley. Right. Right off Stribling. Um, a lot of hardy plank. A lot of three-bedroom, three-and-a-half bath, four-bedroom, three-and-a-half bath. A lot of... Um, you know, 2,500 to 3,500 square feet. A lot of up. Craftsman. Yeah. A lot of up. Craftsman, a lot of up. Um, Huntley, your thoughts on Huntley? It's Anywhere nice. you want to. I think nice, it's great. Nice setting back there. It's, yeah. it's cozy. Close. It's comfortable. It's close. It's convenient. I think it's a, a great neighborhood. Absolutely. Yeah. Any thoughts on city living? Anywhere you want to go on this conversation before we go to uh, some other questions that are coming in, Scott? I mean, you know, I think you go where you can afford and where you're happy and what's best yes. for your family. Right. I live the best life of all time, which is living at Lake Monticello. <laughs> you, I mean, it's basically its own town. It's awesome. Right? I, I, live, I love living there with my children. It's, it's the best gig going. And um, we get to do the beach, the pool, the, the parks, the community. I love the schools. I love the community. And then I get to come into Charlottesville every day and get yoga. Hot yoga. My community and shopping and Wegmans and Whole Foods and all that. You've done movie theaters. You've done a very good job of, of gaining market share and really cornering um, the lake. Walk us through your strategy and how you did that. Well, I was really lucky because I've been working and selling there for almost 20 years. Um, so my mom and I worked together for about 10 years and she was a queen in real estate. She's amazing. She's just such a good person. She's the kind of person that when no one's watching, she's doing good. Um, she's, she really is. Oh, that's well said. Yeah. She really, she's really amazing. Um, and so she and I both worked that market together for a long time and we're, our experts still an expert in that market. And so that's, that's how you gain market share is becoming an expert. Lene Hatcher giving, uh, Scotty Mo some props over there. Johnny Ornalis, thank you for watching and sharing the show. We appreciate you. He owns El Mariachi at Zion's Crossroads. I love With it his there. brother, Stephen, who they is also so amazing. Stephen is the man. Yeah, they what's love, that? They make it so easy to pay. They're right at the table. Oh. They have really good... <laughs> I like it. Fish tacos. Oh, yeah. The food is amazing. 
I love their food. The guacamole is good. Johnny, I think working on a new concept. Hoping to uh, work alongside you, Johnny, with that. Very excited. Austin Stone giving Maggie props. Uh, I love Austin. Daniel Munez. Uh huh. Yeah. Giving you some props yeah, as great. we speak. He's very helpful. He always helps me. Thank you, Daniel. I love it, Daniel. Thank you for watching, viewers and listeners. If you have a question, please put it in the feed. I will ask it live on air, and they are coming in. Um, Scott, this question I will throw to you. Um, Austin bought a house. I actually just have to say this. Austin bought a house. Talk about affordability. He bought a house for two seventy, a three bed, one bath, right in Scottsville, not too far. And we were able to move in ready. Awesome, two acres, and first time home buyer. Somehow or another, we were able to snag that deal. Well done, Austin. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a perfect segue. Then talk to us about Scottsville and the Scottsville market. We've touched on this some. I've noticed folks are more inclined than ever to consider Absolutely. Scottsville a and a little great option. All right, let's unpack my, Scottsville. My niece, uh-huh. talk about my niece. Okay, lives in Maryland. Okay. Um, Grew up in Northern Virginia, lives in Maryland. Awesome, awesome job, all this. Anyways, she texts me a listing in Scottsville, and I was like, wait a second. Are you seriously thinking about coming down here? And um, and then she sent me an article, Scottsville, one of the top towns to live in in the country. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But it is. It is, it is quaint. It is um, historic. It, the James River is beautiful. It's clean. It's a it's it's an awesome place to consider. And we've like it's like similar to the lake, is you've got Scottsville, and then you also get Charlottesville. So it's like a double win out uh, in Scottsville. I love it. I love it. You have um, a fantastic brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, you have restaurants mm-hmm. like Tavern on the James and well, other restaurants. Area. It's charming. Uh, you the have a sense of, of community parade. Have parade. You done that? I have. Awesome. Tubing. Yes. I mean, it is just a charming place. Yes. Um, anywhere you want to go on this topic, Scotty Mo. I mean, uh, I love Scottsville. You know, I grew cool. up uh, floating, uh, Warren Hatton, and uh, you know that I lived on the the, the other end, uh, and we drop in and do a, a Scottsville to Columbia float occasionally on boats instead of tubes, uh, where we'll we'll camp overnight. Like, you know, this is. You know, that's it's literally where I'm from. I know a ton of people in the area. There's uh, some amazing shops down there. Uh, some friends of mine have recently opened uh, an uh, an outdoor uh, supply company store. Uh, the The Sims. Uh, it's it's just uh, the goods. I'm sorry, uh, Erica Sims and and her husband. But uh, it's just a, it's a it's an awesome little community. Uh, the there's enough income to support what's there now 40 years ago 30 years ago that wasn't the case now it is uh you've seen a a complete and total revamp of uh the downtown area uh it's just an amazing community it's a little diamond i agree i agree jamie turner watching um lives in culpepper and he's a real estate investor he makes mention of lake monticello and i'll segue from lake monticello to this question for the pros what is the next Lake Monticello for <laughs> Central Virginia? Is there one? No where's there? Thing. Where's <laughs> there's another four thousand? Where are you going to put another? Yes. Where are you Forty-three hundred units. Yeah. Where are you going to yeah. put that many rooftops? No, it's, like, you know, it's it is such a unique situation. Um, is it green? Are we going to be Green County here? Green County's got I don't know. Neil Williamson's watching the program. He'll correct me on this. I want to say between four and six hundred units coming into the pipe um and i'm already seeing from a lot of people i get the comments um from everyone that after these four to six hundred units come into the pipe in green county that the political capital from voters has now been evaporated 
They're like, we, we have enough development the, here. And it goes back to infrastructure. Yeah, because we want to keep it rural. A lot of folks do. Culpepper has uh, a lot of growth happening. There's th- at least three different uh, developments at the moment that are just starting to to come on, and they'll come consecutively. So we've got years of uh, new rooftop growth, uh, which is, uh, you know, depending on what where you are, it's still very rural. It's a you could it could be a bedroom community to Northern Virginia, right. Charlottesville, or Fredericksburg. Um, I'm 45 minutes from from all. I live right at the the 1529 Route Three kind of hub, uh, so it's there's a lot of opportunity there, um, and probably more so for growth there. Um, and then in that Spotsylvania Orange, Orange, I don't think has they they want the growth that you're seeing. There's also a lot of cap income, uh, area median income caps kind of that that limit Orange from a certain number of opportunities in that aspect as well. So it's, I see Culpeper as an area for growth. Um, Green County certainly is to, but to to a point. There's a there's a cap there as well. Um, Neil Williamson is watching the program. So Neil, you know that market better than anyone. Not only with what you do with the Free Enterprise Forum, but he lives in Green. Um, so we, I learned from you on this market, um, Neil Williamson. Jason Howard on Rio Road. Thank you kindly for watching the program. Keep the uh, questions coming in fast and furious. Your thoughts on Green County, Maggie Gunnels? Oh yeah, it's a great option. Um, it's it's more affordable and it's gorgeous. It is such a beautiful part of the state. Um, you're close to Culpeper. You're close to Charlottesville. It's rural. It's beautiful. It's more affordable. Um, and so it's an, it's an, we just sold something out there recently. Um, he works at Injic. A lot of buyers um, that work at Injic live out there. Um, Jason Howard has this question. On a previous show, the panel mentioned the possibility of a Richmond to Charlottesville train. Oh, interesting. Including funding being allocated for said train. With there being more inventory in Richmond, could you see Richmond... Um, I'll paraphrase what you're asking here, uh, Jason. Could you see Richmond um, helping alleviate the inventory crunch in Charlottesville or Central Virginia? And or would people consider Richmond to D.C. the commute because the affordability in Richmond and the inventory is more tangible? That's a pretty decent question. I think the second is probably more realistic. Richmond to Nova? Yeah. Okay, tell us why. Why not Richmond to Charlottesville? It just... different vibe i don't know it's just maybe maybe i just don't have that vision for richmond to charlottesville <laughs> um but it's i i mean i i have a woman right now she's she talk about selling your house and shouldn't be um i tell her let's keep it but she's moving to richmond because she wants a whole different new scene and she so she doesn't want to do charlottesville anymore she grew up she lived here She's over it. She wants Richmond. She's moving there. I don't know. I just I feel like Richmond's more similar to Northern Virginia. What do you think, Scotty Mo? Scotty Mo, you do a fair. You just finance a deal in Richmond. Yeah, the I Richmond do. market. I do a lot in Richmond. Um, the, as far as it being a a bedroom community for Northern Virginia, I mean that's you got. I mean it runs right into ninety five, and there's certainly people who already do it on certain on one side of the city, um, but they it. I mean it's still a hike. It's even. It is definitely a hike. Yeah, I don't know that. If there was a train, I was thinking train, 
by the way, when I answered that question. Yeah. <laughs> but, even, yeah. but even if there's a train, I mean, gosh, what, I mean, you got to get up, you, 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 what, leave your house at 4.30 to hit the train to, you know, I don't know. Dude, I don't know. That, How quick is this train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think you guys are right. I don't think it's been optimized yet. Um, I, before I forget, my family and I enjoyed the splash pad in Culpeper. Nice. On Sunday. Had a very good time right there. Um, we were very much in the times that you guys both remember. Actually, you're very much still in this, of splash pads uh, with kids. Yes. I miss it. All right. I, I want another. I'm like, give me another baby. There was, there was nothing. Uh, it was extremely enjoyable to see our five-year-old running around just like mm-hmm. with the biggest smile on his face strictly because he's running in and out of sprinklers and splash pad infrastructure. I just, so awesome. I That's a cool it. little park. It is a very cool park. It's got a cool park. It's got that America Ninja Warrior course in the mm-hmm. back behind the splash pad. It's got the turf playground uh, right next to it. I mean, I was, I was very, very impressed. And then enjoyed a nice little jaunt or um, drive through downtown Culpeper, which um, I was very impressed with. I mean, downtown Culpeper looks like it's, it's thriving. It's so it's thriving. cute. I didn't see any storefront vacancies, really. I saw people walking around. Um, I'm curious of your take on how the Amtrak station there, you know, influences positively downtown Culpeper. I just, we were just very impressed with um, downtown Culpeper. Yeah. So the, so the Amtrak, I think you can take a train from uh, Culpeper to D.C. for something like 40 bucks. So uh, That seems a little expensive. I mean, I mean, gas, gas, Paul Pepper to DC and back was probably going to be. Well, I'll spend, I'll spend, I'm just so I'll spend, glad that's not my life. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean if he's I'm parking a big in DC, truck. If I'm parking D, yeah, like DC maybe. parking, I'll spend twenty bucks. Um, you know, if I, especially if I've got to leave a car overnight or something like that. Um, so I don't know. Uh, the convenience factor, if that's what you're doing, you know, not not too bad. Um, then, uh, yeah. Not a lot of storefront vacancy. I don't know how much the, the it certainly gets some weekend traffic just from the the Amtrak station. Uh, I saw that, a lot of people walk I around. Yeah, I, can I mean, see that somebody getting out of DC to come down and just get a different vibe. Well, I mean, I just don't know the market. I would love to learn. I mean, it seemed to me downtown Culpeper. I did not see very much storefront vacancy. It seemed to me downtown Culpeper was popping. They've yeah, there's actually been a growth in uh, in. Some of the, the, the vacancies that sat for a long time have filled uh, post-COVID more quickly than I would have expected. Awesome. Um, comments coming in fast and furious. We're actually going to go back. So I'm going to text you about we'll end up going back to the splash pad for our oldest. And then we're going to need to wet the whistle afterwards. So I'll okay. get some suggestions. Um, this is from Neil. And he says, tonight, so this is timely. Tonight, the Green County Planning Commission will be discussing a rezoning that would allow townhouse product on US 33 bypass in Sanderdsville. Currently, it's by right. It would allow 500 FSR rezoning would allow a different housing product. Um, so here, oh, he's got a question for you. Neil, thank you. Do your guests think all SFR or mixed product is a better development in terms of sale and price variety? That's a great question. You want to touch? You Probably. like the variety? Yeah, I yeah. think so, especially if the goal is it depends what the goal is. I don't. I, it seems to me something like that would be already be kind of Green County in that spot right there on 33. Like I, I would think that that would already be a price point that's. Yeah, I think variety would be important. I the there and also for something maybe some um, not Section Eight or some they're doing at the lake at Colonial Circle something like that. Um, Scott, single-family rental, um, you know, R1, single-family detached, or do you like the uh, 
the variety type in a development? Um, we're talking mixed use. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I like the idea of it. It just depends on that. Actually, that area right there certainly is the the place to support it. Yeah. Um, the question that comes to me then becomes parking. Like, how do you, you know, how does what does that look like uh, in that little uh, that corner there? Uh, there's, you know, the one thing that I don't love about Rutgersville is kind of it got that strip mall look from the way it was originally developed. And I think you'll, maybe there'll be some evolution to that over time. I was going to say, maybe make it, it would be nice if they could make it look appealing. More aesthetically appealing. Something long term. At the same time, maybe without (laughs) the crazy restrictions of Albemarle County. So, you know, there's, there's gotta be some, uh, I don't know. Be fluid, malleable. Yeah. There's, there's probably, you know, some flexibility yeah 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 there to be had but uh you know certainly you want it more aesthetically pleasing but at the same time you don't want to have to beg permission to put your sign outside there you go um earliesville's finest vanessa parkhill commenting on the show she says i agree with the panel scottsville is a great great town she says the downside is it's hard to get anywhere else um from scottsville zions crossroads green county are much more accessible than the town of Scottsville. I'll, I'll give her that. Um, 20 could be a challenging road to commute I don't on. Like, I do not personally. Because of the windy nature and, and it's I, two lane. It's, it's, it's that one point when like the road drops on the left. It's just people are on texting. It's a little bit, I just not my favorite. And people are hauling, hauling tail. Yeah, yeah. With some but big I trucks. Know, I, I drive windy roads all the time. So I don't know. Just get over it and Shh. Be careful. The <laughs> idea of being killed by a texter on a motorcycle is one of the reasons that I stopped re- like regularly riding like 53 and I ride 53 and... all day, every day, and it's so easy, and it's beautiful, and yeah. it's quick into town. Into so downtown. what do you take? Are you taking, uh, are you going there behind um, the Clifton and that, um, what is the name of that little convenience store? Yeah, is that where you're going? No. Okay. I like to go straight into downtown. Okay, so you go straight down Freebridge into downtown? Yeah, straight into downtown. Okay. Um, Occasionally, I'm hopping over there by Stone Robinson, jumping on 729, and then coming out, I guess that would then come out by Carter's Mountain. It does. To avoid the Freebridge traffic. To Jefferson. To Jefferson, right. It's right there. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa Parkhill also says, our daughter has friends, healthcare workers, who live in Richmond and work at UVA. Um, but she said the Richmond to Northern Virginia commute is brutal. You're talking a, a commute up I-95, and that would how not be pleasant. How long is it? How 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 long? Is, how does that compare to Culpeper? I'm just curious about that. What's I think that's a good difference? question for him. They, his territory is Virginia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and D.C. So he's got a vast territory here. Um, he's the market manager of all these well, markets. Are we talking about? Uh what, Richmond and Nova is that three three and a half depending on traffic. Hours? Oh, is it that? No, far? it's like a, it's like an hour and forty minutes. Really? Yeah, that's hour forty. That's what I thought. Hour forty, and, I, and that's no traffic. But I was sort of thinking Fredericksburg yeah. was more like that. Okay. Fredericksburg's closer. Is yeah. it? Yeah. What, what's the Fredericksburg commute? Like hour? About an hour. I yeah. only like Charlottesville. <laughs> yeah, we like Charlottesville. And what's your commute from Culpeper? <laughs> to I can be on the like. Uh, the car, the, to the dealerships uh, in 35 minutes. In Northern Virginia? No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. To Charlottesville. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm 55 minutes door-to-door to Dulles, so I'm an hour, five minutes to Georgetown. Um, Jamie does the commute. He goes, I commute to D.C. sometimes for work. He lives in Culpeper. Um, yeah, about an hour 40 with Easy Pass. Is it? To D.C. Oh, to D.C. Not, to DC not like, like where in, Well, uh, so here's the thing. 
I'm an hour, five minutes crossing the bridge to Georgetown. If I'm going into D.C., tag on another oh. 25. I think he's easily. going into D.C., um, government contract. I went there. to go see the, no. the Van Gogh uh, uh, ex- immersion experience or whatever it was. Um, I was... I crossed the bridge right at an hour. It was another 40 minutes to go the other four miles. Look at the sophisticated, nuanced Scotty Morris over there. I mean, you've come so far, my friend. The Van Gogh just, just, experience. Just a, just a dumb redneck trying hard. Buddy. I knew he was going to say that right there. I know him very you gotta, well. I got to throw things like that. This is my wild card. You That's know? funny. I know. He has all sides to us. Fluvanna board and raced. And now the second, uh, the top, uh, no, number two, and Ross Mortgage Company from a production. Awesome. And, and, and units, right? And units. So we're talking sales volume. and you, Dude. It's a national company. He's number two. Yeah. I mean, that's big time. I love to brag on my boy over here. Didn't we talk about coins coming out of your eyes? I, I'm not going to brag that far for Scotty Moe. She's talking about the Scrooge yeah. McDuck that's, over that's, here. That's, that's, that's a, some real estate agent making all the money. That's not me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, just here to, I'm just here to help you. That's, he plays the game the right way right there. Um, all right. So this, this he says, I go to, uh, it's not bad. I get to Tyson's, though. It's like an hour 20 tops. To Tyson's from Culpepper. Yeah, that seems... And yeah. he also says a lot of D.C. and that big-time money now shopping on Davis Street in downtown Culpeper. Uh, looking oh. for kind of like a quality of life or change. Yeah, um, like they do in Western Loudoun. Right, right, exactly. They're just trying to get out of the city. Cheryl Lynn Loudoun Council. Loudoun 1 is like a whole other experience compared to like what Loudoun was. Like, yeah, it's... Put it in perspective. Crazy. I mean, you're... What... $850,000 as an entry point. Um, one, one, like it's, it's bonkers. One, one in Loudon. Yeah. Loudon one. It's like a little, uh, I've heard of it. I don't really, I don't know. It's like an, it's like a walking neighborhood. Okay. The extent I mean, of my, Northern Virginia is so expensive. I have, that's where I'm from. And it's, did you have a townhouse up there or something? Did you own something up there at one time? No? Okay. No, but my family, my family's up there. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so comments coming in, Fast and Furious here. Stephanie, we're going to get to your comment here. Um, goodness, there's a lot of comments. One Loudon is insane. Um, in fact, multiple people have said one Loudon is bananas, Scott, from a price Katie. standpoint. Um, yeah. that's, that's, that is Northern Virginia. I mean, it's Are you doing any expensive. business up there, or do no. you just refer that I out? I always refer to Katie Covey. Okay. She's with Long and Foster. I love her. I've I, known her since college. I love it. We um, studied in Spain together. You studied in Spain. Friends. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stephanie, I'll get to your comment here. I'm going to find it in a matter of moments. She said she raised her kids at Lake Monticello. Stephanie uh, Rhodes. Stephanie Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Her parents owned a beautiful waterfront. I, I've in actually seen house. it. I think I was in her house. I think she that was... She had a ranch. No, Cameron owned a ranch in Riverside. A she, really beautiful ranch. The Wells, Mr. and Mrs. Wells, and Stephanie, did we not film the first commercial at Mr. and Mrs. Wells' waterfront house? <laughs> I, I think we did. I and, love looking at it across from the main beach. It's beautiful. And I remember seeing that beautiful red boat um, in the garage, or maybe that was at Valley Termite and Pest Control where I saw the red boat. Um, Vanessa Parkhill says, Culpepper and even Charlottesville are more attractive for Nova DC employees because of the work hybrid schedules. And I think people are looking for quality of life and more green space and more Northern Virginia. It's hard to find those types of things. So, so you get out, of, you get that in Culpepper. Listen to this. These what are, he's about to drop These here. are townhomes. There's one for oh. seven forty nine and one Loudon. A townhome. Um, one these these are also townhomes. 
that the other five are 1 1.2, 1.3, 1.3, 1.2, 1.4. Yeah. That's been Townhomes. Now, yeah, that's the walkability, right? Yeah. Okay, that's why you're paying for it? It's Northern Virginia. The, I, I know someone that is a teacher in Northern Virginia. I think about income. Um, she's a teacher, a public school teacher, comparing that there, I think she makes 150, 125. Good for her. And I mean, she's in, um, she is like an assistant principal, maybe something Uh like that. So she's, um, administrator. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's, you, they, I mean, that's different than what most schools for sure are making public school, anything. Yeah. So, um, Stephanie says, um, her daughter, you may know is Corinne Rhodes. Um, now Corinne Stanley. Oh my goodness. We love her. Okay. She's. It sounds like you guys know each other here. This is she like was the my wonderful... daughter's teacher, and she's awesome. Really? She's awesome. I love her. She is a teacher. Is it? Is she in Fluvanna schools or Louisa she's schools? She's in Fluvanna. In... Okay. And she's a third grade teacher, and she's their best, one of their best teachers. Stephanie, proud mom. Yes. You're you're making her she... day. She's watching right well, now. You're bragging she's... about her daughter. I mean, she is. She's brag bragging worthy. She's yeah. awesome. My daughter loves her. It's literally, we'll say she's the nicest person she knows in her entire. In... Nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. Corinne Stanley getting some props right now on Real she's Talk. I love that. She's beautiful. She's children, beautiful lady. And yeah. she is fun and seems like a little just bottle of awesome energy. Now has two daughters, Corinne, which I think Stephanie, you, Corinne is very lucky to have Stephanie. Watches her, the, the kids a lot Aww. during the day. I wish we had that luxury right now. Yeah. I know you have that luxury. Wait, uh, of parents? parents? Yes, right now. <laughs> know, right now, helping Maggie do this show. Do you have that luxury, family? Yeah, we don't no, have that luxury. I've got, I've got a great an incredible luxury. nanny. Okay, got, he's got an incredible nanny. That's why this guy is constantly on the phone and producing inventory and volume. Because he's okay. got. She, How old are your children? He's I've got, got three. that are five, and my son turns three in Aww, ten days. Yeah. So he's got three kids, five and under. Yeah, including I, twins. I well, I had a twin two, girls. Well, that's twins is different, but I did have a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and a newborn. Oh my god! How the hell did you <laughs> two, do that? One, newborn. Two, one, and a newborn. Yeah, it happens. That's like that's Irish triplets. <laughs> it's yeah. awful. Yeah, two, one, and newborn. There's nothing worse. Superheroes right here. Like we had to go five years in between ours, and it's still brutal. I didn't oh. see. I'm I'm torn on this. It's like. It might be easier just to do like the Irish twins or the Irish triplets go one, one, one right after the other. Yeah. Because this five-year gap we had, it's like completely forgot everything. And then we got soft and then we relied on sleep. (laughs) Right. I do think, I mean, I definitely want another baby. I'm like... (laughs) She got Ow. this lady's got baby fever on the set I do, right honestly, here. I see that. I realized that this year I'm like, oh, babies, yes. Um, I love babies, but no, my daughter. She even said to me, I want you to have another baby. But there, she's nine, my oldest, and I. It would be so fun to see my kids be take because they're nine. Um, they're now nine, eight, and six. Okay. Um, and so six and a half. So they they would be just. It would be so fun to watch them with a little baby. Um, Stephanie just tagged um, teacher Corinne Stanley on the feed. Oh, she's Corinne is. And she's giving you the heart emojis. She's awesome. The one Loudon is resonating with a lot of people right now. Evidently, one Loudon is a known brand and commodity yeah. in this market. Neil says one Loudon is similar to Albemarle County Stonefield. 
Many of the same shops oh, yeah. in one Loudon, same concept. That's North um, Virginia. Jason Howard said, I drove Charlottesville to Sterling yesterday, two-hour trip. Once you hit Centerville, even the new townhouses are starting in the $500,000 range. Right. Um, Grayson says, one Loudon absolutely shocked my partner and I. When we saw the prices of one Loudon, we asked ourselves, how can folks even afford to live here? Yeah, they um, missed like that walkability right there. There's not much walkability in Northern Virginia. He, so mean, you get some. Who knows it? It's Scott. It's a different salary level here. Well, right? yeah. I mean, you get uh, some. So uh, a collective of some of the people who live there, you get some. Uh, some of the you get Redskins. You get uh, you get a you know. I used to babysit for Redskins. <laughs> you get you get a group of. He paid well. <laughs> yeah, your your people who live there are not. It's just a different, yeah, it's a different uh, level of earning. He um, really did. <laughs> can I ask which Redskin it was? Which, I guess it's a um, commander Corey now? Raymer. It was a long time ago. Corey Raymer. He, okay. I, I don't even can remember. I ask but I remember the, they'd always have Redskins at the house. And he, I would have limos take me home. And he would give me gobs of cash at the end. Or one of the players. Somebody would always just, they were having, they were great. Can I ask what the rate was? I think I was making like. 50 bucks an hour or That's something. That's not a bad babysitting rate. <laughs> it was a not a bad babysitting rate. <laughs> they were, yes. Um, my sister is good friends with them. I, I, I love it. Are, are, are we commanders now? Is that Com- the, yes. Oh, I've asked that question recently, too. Yeah. It's, 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 I would have forgotten, actually, until you said that. The, the I would have walked out thinking it was still the Redskins. Yeah, yeah. A lot of folks. <laughs> a lot of folks still do. Um, all right. So, dude, this is a dream. 11.30, an hour and 15 minutes flies when you're having fun with yes. friends. Um, all right. We'll close with Maggie, then close with Scott here. Some final thoughts, words you want the viewers and listeners to hear. Oh, call call our team if you need any help with real estate. We'd love to help you. The Gunnels Group. How about uh, absolutely? And how yes. about uh, a snapshot on market trends? What you're watching? What you're following? What you see percolating? I I definitely think the market's still going to stay tight. Even I don't think we're going to get a flood of inventory. You know, maybe we'll see a slight uptick, but nothing significant. So definitely still going to be a seller's market. Um, and I would love to see and hope rates drop. Um, like Scott said, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's still going to be super competitive, still lots of cash, um, hard to find that affordable market. Kind of, I don't think there's going to be significant changes over the next um, two years, year to two years for sure. Um, that's been a trend that we're hearing from the panel, that it's, we're in this market for a period of time. Tight market. Scott, anywhere you want to go. If you're out there and you're looking, reach out to Maggie, reach out yes. to your trusted advisors, um, create a plan, have a plan going into a purchase and know what that looks like. If somebody's talked to you about maybe not having a home inspection or doing something for informational purchases or going above ask or waiving an appraisal gap, have have talked to all of the people in your team about how that's going to work as you go make that offer so that you know that if you didn't win, you did the absolute best that you could and you didn't leave anything out there. So when we go on to the next one, there's going to be the one, even if it's not the one that you make an offer on that weekend. Um, we are moving into a slightly better rate environment, and I think that we're going to continue to see that as we trend towards back towards a 100-day moving average. What that means is we're coming back into the high sixes and out of the sevens as far as rates go. Certainly, that's credit-dependent and uh, you know investment property. There's a lot of things that matter as far as that goes, and I'm happy to talk to you no matter what. If you're in a position where you've gotten into any kind of credit trouble, 
Call us before you're actually in real trouble and we can help you solve the problem. Yes. Scott Morris yes. dropping dimes over here. Scott Morris, Ross Mortgage, Maggie Gunnels, the owner of the Gunnels Group. These are pros, pros. Count on the pros um, in tight inventory markets because they are more important than ever. Judah Wickhauer is yes. a pro's pro, 13 years, almost 13 years love at Judah. this company. We love Judah. Got the fresh haircut on air the other day, <laughs> Judah Wickhauer. Um, and the I Love Seville show is up in one hour. You'll appreciate the guest, your boy, TJ Fadley. Am I saying his Fadley. name? Fadley. Fadley. Yeah. Fadley. TJ Fadley on the show. An introduction, Scott Morris helped me. So, uh, I like oh, to... Oh, you got something to say uh, to TJ? Uh, oh, Tahe 3000. Okay. I'm here with you, baby. Let's okay. see you get elected. TJ Fadley is running for Almore County Board of Supervisors. He's challenging the incumbent, B. Lapisto Kirtley. Do you want to give um, TJ an endorsement of any kind? Yes. You are the worst construct, uh, carpenter cut man in the United States of America, and we're glad that both of us found different jobs. Um, outside of that, he's a great individual, has an incredible family. Um, I've known uh, TJ and his wife's family since one or the other since we were kids. Uh, I cannot speak more highly of an individual who is nothing but the best intentions for his community. Oh, that's so nice. That was was fantastic. Terrible carpenter. Terrible carpenter. (laughs) But you endorse him for Board of Supervisors. I do endorse him for Board of Supervisors. You know, why don't we make that a fourth one, Scott endorsing TJ, and we can send that to TJ or play it on the show, because I think that would get a smile out of TJ if you saw that, right? Okay. Yeah, I I think so. Um, So TJ Fadily, thank you for that. On uh, on the show in 59 minutes, we'll introduce you to who could be possibly uh, one of six next Almore County Board of Supervisors. So thank you to Maggie. Thank you. You were awesome. Thank you. Seriously, seriously. Scotty Moe is always awesome. Thank Judah you, Judah Wickhauer and a show on Wednesday, Real Talk, presented by Ross Mortgage. Thank you kindly for joining us. So long. Bye-bye. That was easy, easy. He's going to tell us when the mics are off and then the cameras. Oh, great. I'll spot safe.